Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,285. Today, well, all week we're celebrating the La Jolla Concorde Elegance. It takes place April 21st, 22nd, and the big event on the 23rd. It's in my hometown, beautiful La Jolla, California, overlooking the Pacific Ocean. You can learn a lot more about attending this event at LaJollaConcord.com, and I hope to see you there. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today, I'm in beautiful, and it's sunny this morning, Vancouver, British Columbia, with a very special returning guest and my friend, Nigel Matthews. Nigel, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am ready, Mark, and it's wonderful to be back. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, absolutely. Always good to have you back. So you long-term listeners will remember Nigel was on the show back in uh, February of 2018. Uh, He was guest number 996, Porsche 996. That's kind of a good number. And today, uh, being 2,287 means I've spoken with a lot of people. However, I've run into Nigel over the years. I always do it at many events. And Before I introduce you, something rather unique, but it shows how small the car world is. Nigel was in India over the New Year's, and so was I. And it turned out we didn't find out until he had gone north from Mumbai that we were staying basically in the same hotel, right? Yep. Yep. A small world indeed. Yes, the car world is small. And I'm, I'm going to ask you after your introduction about that event, because I wanted to attend that event, but I was in India for my son's wedding and we had many family things planned. And when I uh, suggested to my wife, I might head north for about three days to a car show, she kind of looked at me like, seriously? Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get away. We had too many things planned, but I sure would love to go to that event. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, but mainly we're going to talk about the La Jolla Concord today. So let me give you a, an introduction here. Uh, Nigel Matthews is the chief judge and he's on the selection committee and he's also for the La Jolla Concours. He's also the chief judge at numerous Concours events throughout the world. He's originally from Oxfordshire, England. Nigel has lived in Vancouver, British Columbia for 48 years where he worked as a Red Seal designated licensed automotive technician and a member of the Guild of Master Craftsmen. He had a lot of fun in this career repairing and restoring Rolls Royce cars and Ferrari automobiles. The past 28 years, Nigel has been in the classic and exotic car insurance industry and currently serves as a global brand ambassador for Haggerty. Since 2005, he has judged most of the major Concours events around the globe and has written classic car columns in the Canadian press and numerous automotive magazines. And in 2015, Nigel was one of the founding members of ICJAG, which stands for International Chief Judge Advisory Group. You'll remember back when I spoke to Ed Gilbertson, who was kind of the, the guy that started all that, and he took that over from Ed in 2020. Am I right with that, Nigel? Yeah, Ed handed the sort of chairmanship role over to me in, in uh, 2020. Very cool, very cool. We'll be back to talk a lot more about the the world of Nigel Matthews because this guy is having fun and the La Jolla Concord, but first a word from our sponsors. So keep uh, give them a little bit of love. They keep the petrol in the tanks here, and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up. 
way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around. I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Are you wondering what your collector car is worth these days? Are you thinking about buying a collector car? I know who can help. My friends at Classic.com will help you stay on top of the market so you know which similar vehicles are out there, what they're selling for, what you should pay, and how to price your vehicle. Go to Classic.com garage, enter your vehicle's information, specs including the year, make, model, mileage, and options, and they will provide you with a list of recent comparable sales. Their powerful search engine is up to date, finding new listings, tracking sales, and keeping you informed, providing data so you can make the right decision. If you're selling a vehicle, they can help as well with their Classic.com Pro Division, steering you to a qualified professional who will help. Finding the right vehicle and selling your vehicle is all about timing and exposure. So what are you waiting for? Go to classic.com slash garage and give it a run. That's classic.com slash garage and tell them Mark sent you. So Nigel, we are back. So uh, before we get into the La Jolla Concours, this role that you've been handed the torch by Ed of chairman uh, of IC JAG is it's a big deal. It's a major deal because that organization, I should say, ha- has really set the bar for high-end Concours events. But I know that some of the rules recently changed. You and I had a great chat about this yesterday. Can you share with our listeners first off what IC JAG is and perhaps with the show in India, we'll get into that too, the rule change and what that means. Because a lot of people, when they see you guys walk around with your straw hats and your blue blazers judging cars, they may think, oh, they just know a lot about cars and they're just making these arbitrary decisions. But that's not the case, is it? No, not at all, Mark. And, um, you know, there are eight different types of, of car events and, and styles of judging. You know, anything from cars and coffee, French rules judging, which is very subjective and quite often more about the design and flowing form of the car. And the type of judging that we do is, is what's traditionally referred to as a hundred point judging, where the car begins with a hundred points. And basically the car is competing against itself when the car was new. So the judges are very knowledgeable and, and they uh, inspect the vehicle and they work backwards from 100 points and then they deduct points for, you know, infractions in correct battery, uh, you know, changes to the car. Some some restorers take liberties and, and add a chrome molding here and there, which the car didn't begin life with and things like that. Our focus is on originality and authenticity and, and we are doing this because we want to save these vehicles for future generations to see these vehicles, how they actually came off the showroom floor um, and not modified over time. 
Uh, we we're an advisory group. You know, we are just we are there to just help the uh, organizers and owners of Concor events globally. And if they want some help and guidance with judging, and and to maybe uh, raise the bar a little bit and bring their judging standards up to a, a high level, you know, we're there to help. We will let them use our judging format, which has uh, been in place for 30 years, so it's tr- very well tested. And that's basically it. We. We sometimes are referred to as the Concord Police. Some people don't <laughs> like us. They, they they think that we're a little bit over the top and uh, take things a bit too seriously. But as I said, we're, we're you know we're there to help people if they want help. If they don't want to help, you know that's fine. They can carry on judging in the in the style of judging that they they would prefer. Getting back to the changes, um, we we tried this uh, in India. So normally uh, we would have a hundred points, and then there would be three additional points for elegance, presence, uh, provenance. If you ended up in a tiebreaker between two cars, that sort of seems a little bit strange because you know a hundred point, a hundred percent is is based on one hundred points. So there really is no such thing as a hundred and three percent. So we decided that we would use the twenty line items that we uh, check when we're judging. Um, you know, the chassis, the engine, the upholstery, and all those things. Uh, and we would, in India, we decided we would use 90 points. And then we would allocate 10 points that could be used by the judges for the story, you know, the wow factor, the, you know, this is the car that I want to take home. It was restored by the owner uh, instead of a, a checkbook restoration, and it was a very difficult restoration. It just gives us the ability to bring the car in the class that deserves to come to the top to, to rise to the top. And it worked It worked very well in India. Um, at La Jolla, we're going to use a 95. So we're, we're going to allocate five points for those factors. We did it in Amelia recently uh, and it worked well. Uh, I have to admit that the younger generation, the, the younger judges, and, and they're hard to come by, Yes, <laughs> um, they grasp it immediately. Uh, the older older judges are somewhat, you know, stuck in the trenches and they like the way things used to be. <laughs> you know, you touched on a couple of really important factors here that I think are worth discussing. And one is you mentioned younger judges hard to come by. We talk about this a lot in the show. You and I, more mature fellows. I won't call us old, but more mature fellows. Uh, yeah, sometimes we can get stuck on our ways, but how do you see a good way to try to keep bringing in young people into this world so this hobby and these concours events don't die away for lack of participation? Not only people showing up, but also young people contributing or wanting to get into the collector car hobby. You're absolutely right, Mark, and and it's something that we really strive for at ICJAG. For want of a better word, it's been a bit of an old boys club for far too long. Some of these elder gentlemen are not prepared to step aside or to share their knowledge, and, and this needs to happen. And when we're talking about younger judges, I mean, there are lots of 40 and 50 year olds um, that have an incredible amount of knowledge, and I would consider them, you know, young. And <laughs> yeah, they are having too. a hard, it's hard scary, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. So I would say it's incumbent upon any chairman or event organizer or a chief judge of any event to bring in as uh, the younger generation. I mean, why not have one young person uh, assigned to every class as a shadow judge? Um, that, you know, so that they can just be there and to learn and absorb all of this. I have a young man who contacted me through um, ICJAG from Spain, and he, on his own dime, 
has, and I, I've helped him do this, has come to Salon Privé in England. He came to Amelia two weekends ago, and he is just lapping it up. But if it wasn't for somebody like myself who would give them the opportunity and say, sure, come along, you know, if, you know, we, we've got enough judges, but if you want to do this on your own dime, uh, go right ahead and, and I'll help you in any way I can. Well, it's so important. It has to be done. And I'm seeing it even with local car clubs here in the Pacific Northwest. I'm a member of some local car clubs and some people are really trying to make a change to bring young people in and also a a bit of diversity within the club, uh, bringing more women, uh, bringing people, Mm -hmm. maybe different socioeconomic backgrounds uh, so that these clubs can round out a little bit and start to evolve and change. And yeah, it's kind of hard for sometimes the soul guys to go, well, this is the way it's always been. But change is so important. And otherwise, as we go away and fade out, the cars will too. So I think it's vital and I'm I'm really happy to hear that you're doing that. Also want to talk about the 21 gun salute in India because I referred to the fact that you and I were in India over the Christmas and New Year's time. And what I didn't know for you listeners was that I knew there was an event up north. of I was in Mumbai and I really wanted to go. I contacted the people involved. They invited me, said, yeah, please come up. Uh, But of course, I was there for a wedding and I could not get away because we had all these events planned. Um, I think it was January 6th was the first day of that event. Is that right? That's yep, correct. Yep. Yeah, day, day after my birthday. So I even tried to use my birthday angle. It didn't quite work, but I, I couldn't really get away. But um, the fact that I learned through social media that Nigel and a couple other people I knew were in Mumbai the same time I was there, I was so disappointed we weren't able to get together for dinner. But I think this shows that the car world is small, even though it's global. And you see this all the time. You and I attend events and you just run into people you haven't seen for a year and you're instant buddies again, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the car culture in India, Mark, is amazing. It, it is growing. There's only about 8,000, 8 or 9,000 classic cars in India. But the interest is, is, well, think about India. The middle class population of India by 2025 will it exceed the entire population of the United States. This is an amazing fact. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because India is about to exceed in population that of China. If they're they're not already there. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and you think about the Rolls-Royce production. One third of Rolls-Royce production went to India up until 1948 because the Maharajas had the money uh, to buy these Rolls Royces. Now, they can't bring cars into India. It's very expensive. They have to pay a 251% duty on any vehicle newer than 1950. So they have to basically uh, try and survive with what they can find uh, internally. And if they find something, they can perform miracles. They will turn a car that you and I wouldn't even dream of restoring, and they will, they will <laughs> do it. And they have, this, they have the skills. Uh, it, it's simply amazing. That event took place at an incredible location, and uh, it reminded me of uh, Pebble Beach back, I think it was 2019, when those cars of the Maharaja were finally brought out of India, because India is very strict about bringing antiquities out of their country. Tell us a little bit about what that 21-gun salute in India was all about. Yeah, it was hosted. uh, It's an event that moves around from city to city, so this time it was in Baroda, and the the, uh, Maharaja of Baroda... um, allowed my friend Madan, who puts the event on, to use his facility. His palace is four times the size of Buckingham Palace. Oh has God. 300 rooms. <clears throat> and you walk out of the front door, basically, of his palace, which it doesn't actually have a front door. Uh, the doors are always open. You walk out into 700 acres of property. 
So wow. <laughs> from an event perspective, it was magnificent. What I really liked was that the, the Maharaja um, opened up the event to the local people and he allowed about 1,500 people to attend uh, free of charge. Wow. And it was amazing. It was amazing to see young people, kids, families, you know, taking in this automotive history, uh, seeing cars that they have never seen before. That's uh, awesome. I really wish I, maybe next year, um, I can use my birthday as a reason to go back to India now that I've got an uh, extended family there and attend. Of course, yep. that time of year is good to go because it gets a little warm in India in the summertime uh, from what I It understand. does. actually. There's actually a new one in February, Mark. You should probably aim for that one. Okay. It's, at the, uh, it's, in, it's in Udaipur. It's the middle of February and it's hosted and sponsored by the... Um, uh, Oberoi Hotel chain, and it's going to be at their fantastic new Oberoi Hotel uh, in Udaipur. Wow. Okay. I'll put that on the calendar. Sounds like fun. Yep. So let's get to La Jolla Concours. I always go back to La Jolla Concours. I've been to all of them. So your role there as, well, several roles, chief judge and also uh, a major part of the selection committee. Let's start with that. What is your role as a selection committee leader? And selection committees are sometimes small, sometimes large, but what is the primary focus of that that role, I should say? It's probably one of the most important roles uh, connected with a Concours event, uh, if they want to have serious cars, um, it's up to the selection committee to, to vet every entry and to make sure that these cars are original and authentic, and authentic. And we ask the vehicle owners to supply us with the chassis number or the VIN number. And, um, you know, I do my due diligence and if it's a Bentley or something like that. And I, <clears throat> I have some connections and I run the, the chassis number through my Bentley connections and they will come back and say, yes, it's definitely a real genuine car. Or they'll come back and say, no, 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 no. It's had a, it's had a complete rebody. It began life as a four-door steel-bodied sedan and now it's a two-door aluminum uh, speedster. If we run into those situations, we can't, that's a car we cannot judge because that's not how the car began life. So that's the importance of the selection committee. The chief judge role is um, pretty, you know, self-explanatory. I, my biggest problem, or any chief judge's biggest problem, is to make sure that the cars get judged in a timely manner. And unfortunately, judging starts at nine, and we only have until about a maximum of, of 11.30, so two and a half hours, to, to get the results and start tabulating the results and then get the cars ready to come over the, the, the ramp for the award ceremony. From an entrance perspective, if I could give an entrance some advice, I would say, just remember, you've probably got a maximum of 15 minutes. So don't use up your 15 minutes going through the four-inch thick photographic binder and trying to show the judges every single photograph of the restoration. If you're asked the question, answer the question and, and use, try and use up all of your time wisely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we talk about the La Jolla Concours. I wanted you to touch on a couple things that people should expect to see as far as the cars are going to be there, because over the years, it just keeps getting better and better. And I said this before, it's kind of like a mini Pebble Beach in my mind. And part of that is because of the beautiful setting. You're sitting up on the cliffs overlooking the Pacific, Ellen Browning Scripps Park, which is beautiful. Not as big as the lawns at Pebble, but they seem to make it all work. It's a very also... 
I won't say laid back because for you, it's not. You're judging and working. But for an attendee, it's a very laid back, fun adventure. Yeah. How would you describe or or let's actually go to the cars first, because I think that's the most important thing. What are some of the classes and the cars that people will see there? Well, people are going to see something like they've never seen before this year because we're featuring Duesenberg. Mm, Wonderful. And we will hopefully, the number we've got... (laughs) plenty of them right now, but we are hoping to exceed and and make this the largest gathering of Duesenbergs uh, in in the United States for the the longest time. And you are going to see some amazing cars from the Nethercut collection, the Lion collection, and cars coming, uh, four cars are coming from the Auburn Court Duesenberg Museum on the East Coast. Uh, It's just going to be like a mobile museum. (laughs) Yeah, and Duesenbergs are so majestic, so wonderful, Mm. and just uh, they're kind of the epitome of the collector car world, if you think. And you think about the time that these cars were being built and, and sold was a challenging time in the U.S. However, they exist and still exist today. It's wonderful. What are some of the other cars people are going to see? Oh, we're going to have some amazing Maseratis. Uh, They seem to have come out of the woodwork this year. Mercedes-Benz, Porsche 356s. We try and have a really nice variety of uh, American classics, uh, pre-war European uh, coach-built cars. Uh, And then we go to the post-war era with uh, European open and closed sports cars, uh, a race car class. Uh, motorcycles. We've got uh, some wonderful um, Vincent, uh, Envy Augusta, some wonderful motorcycles. You know, La Jolla really is the jewel uh, and it's a well-kept secret. A lot of people don't know that there is this amazing event in Southern California. It's a great destination weekend uh, because La Jolla is a lovely place, beautiful place. And, and, you know, the guys can go look at cars and the ladies can go and wander the streets and look at all the wonderful shops. And I always say, you know, San Diego as a whole, there are a lot of different things to go do in San Diego as well. So you can make a whole week out of it. Bring your family. There's, of course, the zoo, the wild animal park. There's museums, Balboa Park. Uh, Beaches, of course, are the place to go. And there's so many beautiful beaches all over the place. So, yeah, there's a lot to be offered here that's very unique and uh, a lot of opportunity for people. What is uh, your favorite thing about the La Jolla Concours? If you could nail down one thing that really makes you smile when you think about this event. Well, if I look up from Ellen, Ellen Scripps Park at La Valencia Hotel <laughs> and I see all these wonderful old cars, I try and put myself back into the 30s or the 40s. And, and that's probably what life was like at that point in time. But I have to say that this event would not happen if it wasn't for the dedication and enthusiasm of the of the uh, people that Michael Dovier has has uh, and Bob Kerner have attracted and it's it's an event that's um, to raise charity money for charity no question about it and and the charity or the organization that raised money for is the uh, La Jolla Historical uh, Society so um, the money's going to um, to good use Well, absolutely. Yeah. And what Michael's done there, no small feat. And especially when you add in the uh, virus years that, you know, um, happened where we had to shut down and things got very scary because uh, that that killed a lot of Concord events across the country and really set a lot of them back. But somehow he's pulled rabbit after rabbit out of his hat. But a lot of it is because there's just been people that have stepped forward and contributed uh, not only money, but their time. That's what these concourses is all about, is there's a lot of people contributing their time to make these things 
come true. So it's it's just a wonderful event. And if you live somewhere where it's a little chilly and cold, and you want a little escape. Uh, La Jolla is not a bad place to go during the, the early spring, right? Definitely, definitely. And talking about time, it, it is time consuming. I mean, I, I, I do this off the end of my desk, you know, from, from my day job. And, and it takes me a couple of months to get this all in, under control. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how you do what you do, my friend. I mean, you're just, you're like this year, how many events are you going to be at this year? Oh, I'm doing one, sometimes two every month from January to November. Whoa. Actually, Mark, I decided the other day to sit down and write it all out on paper. So I have, ju- I have judged at 125 Concours events. Oh. Uh, I have been the, uh, 85 of those are international and I've been the chief judge of 33 of them. Uh, and that's in the past 20 years. So yeah, uh, it adds up very quickly. My hat's off to you. I mean, it sounds very glamorous and in many ways it is, of course, because of, I'll call it privilege, but you've made it happen. But yeah. the fact that you get to go to these events and be around all these things, but huge amount of work compared to those of us that go and just enjoy and walk around. Uh, so my hat's off to you and everybody. And of course, Bob's a guest the, on the show this week. Uh, Wayne Craig's going to be a guest, of course. He's a docent at many events and yeah. all these people that, that do this work. And it is work. And it's very serious because when you judge cars, people have put in blood, sweat, tears, and money to get their cars to these events. And of course they want to win. And of course they do. Yeah. You know, their, their future is in your hands and that's got to add some burden to your shoulders. The burden arises when, when the show is over and and they perhaps didn't win and now they want to know why. Mm. So they will contact me and obviously I will try and help them better their car and, and, steer them uh, as to where they could improve. I will never give anybody a copy of the judging sheet. It's usually a telephone conversation. And I will say something like, well, why don't you go out to the garage and open the bonnet of your car and, and have a good look in the engine compartment and maybe maybe focus on the wiring harness and have a good look at those electrical connections and things like that. They get the, they get the hint pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'd love to hear your opinion of this because some years ago, there was a big concern that cars were being over-restored and they were showing up at events far better than they could have ever been. Now, part of this is things have progressed. Metallurgy is better. Materials are stronger and better. And as you said earlier, sometimes restorers take liberties to improve things and make them better. But in your case, if you're yep. judging Icy Jag, we want to see these yep. cars, as you said, as they came out. How has, has that transitioned? Have people steered away from over-restoration? I think they're beginning to get, to get the message that, that we do actually, we actually penalize and deduct points for over-restoration. We would much prefer to see a car in its natural state with natural patina, cracks in the leather seats, you know, the odd stone chip here and there, because that's telling us that this car is driven and it's enjoyed and, it, and it's not a trailer queen. I mean, I I don't really like the cars that are rolled out onto the grass and then they get jacked up and those wheels and tires come off and another set go on because they don't have grass in the tire treads. And, and you know, at, at Pebble Beach, the there were some complaints from the European entrance that the North American cars were over-restored and, and trailer queens. And that's why the Pebble Beach introduced the rally, the tour, on the mm. Thursday. Yeah. And the, the, all of the cars get to go and do, you know, 50, 60, 70, 70 miles. 
uh, to prove that they are driven and capable of, of working. And at Pebble Beach, if you if it comes down to a tiebreaker between two point uh, two cars, um, that if one car went on the tour and another car didn't, you know, there's an additional three points to be had to break the tie. And I have actually had to use that in one one occasion. So it encourages owners to participate in the tour. And, and now the tour has a very high percentage of, of participants. Yeah, it's very cool. I was very fortunate uh, a few years ago to be invited by Stephen Plaster to drive in his uh, his uh, nice, be- beautiful yellow 1913 Rolls Royce. Uh, it was the first yep. time I've ever been able to do that Pebble Beach tour. And it was just, oh, it was a delight. And last year I got to ride onto the lawn in, a, I think it was a 1950. Three Bentley from Japan, a car that came over from. Yep. Japan. Oh yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> I know the car. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Diane Brandon, who's a longtime friend. In fact, she was the first yep. woman on this show. Invited me to ride onto the lawn, and we brought some other friends with us, and that was a wonderful treat. Um, you, I wanted to touch on preservation class for a minute too, but I want to go back to these tours now. The La Jolla Concours does have a tour because a few years ago I got to ride in a Bentley uh, on the tour. Uh, we all had, thanks to Wayne Craig, Bentley Boy blazers yeah. or jackets. You did white, indeed, white white smocks. Yeah, smocks. Yeah. Oh, that was so much fun. I, I just was in heaven that whole day. Uh, it was great. The tour that's going to happen again this year at La Jolla. Absolutely. The tour takes place and um, it always usually begins at at, uh, Chuck Spielman's facility, which is an amazing uh, collection of cars, but he also has a wonderful uh, museum, tribute museum to, um, to the Vietnam era. And then um, there's usually a couple of stops along the way as part of the tour. You know, we stop and see some other collections. And then the tour will conclude back at the uh, La Jolla Beach Club. And we are going to do a little bit of a seminar. We're going to have some resto mod or, or recreation type vehicles. So something like a Singer Porsche parked alongside it, an, an original car. Um, I think we're going to have a Bronco, you know, a modified uh-huh. Bronco and a new. And we're going to have a discussion about the difference between, um, you know, modified and stock vehicles. Last year, the tour, uh, we stopped at, at uh, Bill Sino's collection, which is just out of this world. And Chris Kramer and myself and Richard Adato, we, we put on a panel discussion about judging. And we opened it up at the end to allow entrants to ask questions. And it was such a huge hit. You know, we could have stayed there for a couple of hours because the entrants have never had the opportunity to ask questions. Ah, okay. Well, that's that's a fun yeah. way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's yeah. great. I was going to touch also on preservation class. I know uh, Pebble yeah. Beach has preservation class, and I think it's a very interesting class that started a while back to bring cars in that are not restored. They've just been well-preserved. Yep. Does the La Jolla Concorde do that? We do. We don't have a specific standalone class, but what we do is we ask vehicle owners uh, to let us know if they want their car to be judged for preservation. And then we send out a team of judges that go around and find these cars and, and judge them. Nice. And Very cool. I love preservation personally. You know, every, there's that old saying, they're only original once. But um, we have a preservation car in Vancouver. It's a 1910 Chalmers. And I honestly think that car is so original. It probably has the original air in the tires. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little frightening <laughs> to drive that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but on the other hand, Mark, preservation is is very widely um, uh, misunderstood. 
So somebody will tick the box that they want their car to be judged for preservation. And then when I read a little bit further along, they tell me who the restorer was and the car had a nut and bolt restoration. So I will phone them and say, well, you know, I thought you said your car was a preservation car. Yes, it is. Yeah, I preserved it to the way back to the way it was when it was. Yeah, misunderstanding the, the term a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but preservation is wonderful. And um, and getting back to Wayne Craig, I mean, Wayne is a, is a docent at Pebble and he, and he takes care of the docent team at La Jolla. And, but Wayne also is, is heading up, uh, taking any youngsters along that, uh, you know, want to tag along and learn uh, from him. And he's just a, a super chap. He is. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful tour here of what is to come at the La Jolla Concord, Nigel, and I can't thank you enough for visiting with us again. I look forward to seeing you. This time we will see each other at a show uh, versus uh, two ships in the night in India as we were uh, back in January. Before I let you go, though, maybe some parting words of thought for people attending Concord events uh, or collecting cars or getting involved in the collector car world. I would say don't be afraid of asking questions. Talk to vehicle owners. I mean, the the biggest reward for me uh, of this wonderful journey that I am on right now is is the people. Uh, The people that I meet that own these cars and the stories. I mean, the, the stories are amazing. Yes. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I always say the great thing about Concord events is the owners are there and they will share their cars with you. Do not be intimidated if the owner of a Duesenberg is standing there to go up and ask them questions because you'll learn some things about that car that is way beyond what the looks of the car is. You think about some of the cars, uh, like the Arbuckle car, uh, you know, Mr. Bojangles car and things like that, that you'll go, what? Oh my gosh, I had no idea. So yeah, it's all about the people. I've said it over and over again here. Uh, So go to the La Jolla Concord and enjoy it. Best way is to go to LaJollaConcord.com. You can get your tickets online there. And of course, if you see Nigel there or I'll be there or Wayne Craig or Bob Kerner or many guests who've been on the show here, uh, make sure you say hello and everything. Uh, Nigel, hey, thank you for for spending time with me today. This is always so much fun to catch up. Can't wait to see you at the La Jolla Concours April 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Until then, I'll see you down the road. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. We all count on skilled auto technicians to ensure that our families and ourselves are safe on the road. That an airplane will get me safely to my destination. That trucks are moving the stock to shelves of essential parts and things that we need. That's why TechForce Foundation's slogan is so appropriate. When techs rock, America rolls. I love that. TechForce is a charity of cars, yeah. And like all charities... They need our support. If you love cars and can relate to the young person's desire to turn their passion into a career, go to techforce.org today and donate or become a volunteer. That's techforce.org. 
Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.